I'm Craig Fisher, and this is Inside Talent, where we take you into the minds behind the scenes and show you some of the coolest tools and best practices of some of the coolest people in the talent industry. Hey, it's Craig Fisher, and I'm here with Allie Brown, and Allie leads some talent acquisition functions at Continental, a very large global corporation. And uh, she's been doing some really fun things over the last couple of years with their employer brand. Allie, tell us who you are, what you do, how's it going, what's happening? Yeah, so thanks, Craig. It's um, been crazy. I think we met, what, three years ago at the um, employer brand conference in San Diego. That's right. And at the time, um, that was kind of my first foray into employer brand. Yes, my background was in um, general marketing. So I've worked a lot in social media and digital marketing, as well as traditional uh, video and content marketing. And uh, when I joined Continental back in 2018, I was responsible for building up our employer brand in the US and Canada market. So prior to that, the company um, really didn't do employer brand at a local level. So we had more one approach that wasn't being quite localized and driven in the markets beyond posters. And so uh, when I joined the team, we started digital channels in the US and started the campaigning. And at the same time, our global team was um, repositioning our employer brand. So we didn't change our EVP, but we changed our whole communication framework around it, as well as the visual approach and look and feel and giving it a much more modern uh, look to attract the uh, talent and specifically the tech talent that we were looking to hire and still are today. And so, um, I've been in that role, um, you know, building up the brand here in the market for the past three years. And now recently I've also, uh, joined our global team and I'm focused on, uh, several projects, one internal project, as well as, um, uh, responsible for our global employer brand advocacy, uh, project. All right. So uh, your company has a lot of employees. I mean, uh, this is a big, big organization. Uh, I think you told me something like 235,000 employees worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, 80K or so of them are uh, sort of white collar jobs. And then the rest are manufacturing, warehouse, mm -hmm. shop floor, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I can imagine getting some employer branding initiatives uh, off the ground with that large of an employee population could be both challenging, but also some opportunities for employee advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, and so why don't you talk a little bit about that? What have you done? Uh, I think you told me you have something like um, 80 advocates. Is that right? Or is it 800? No, 900 ambassadors. 900 ambassadors. Yeah. So, um, so 
we obviously have different um, target groups and, um, you know, manufacturing is a big part of our company. And not only do we make tires, as most people know, but we also make um, automotive uh, parts and basically computers now that are going into your car and eventually going to be able to drive it someday or who knows. But um, there's so much different technology that we're working on. So it requires different types of engineers and different types of skills. So you have maybe an engineer that works on tires and also an engineer that works on um, like visual uh, infotainment displays in a car. So those are two very different skill sets um, that you have. And also, you know, different things to, it takes different things to attract these types of people to your company and also engage your employees. And so we've taken some different approaches around our employee advocacy um, program. So we have um, a general approach that is open to all employees. And then we have this ambassador program where we're, we're really engaging uh, with a select few of ambassadors. And I know 900 still sounds like a lot, um, but that's globally. And so, for example, in the U.S. market, we have a group around of around 30 people. Um, and we're trying to grow that, but growing it slowly because we don't want to have a huge group of ambassadors who aren't engaged. Um, so far, it's been you know great to have this group of identified people because we're constantly being approached for different opportunities. Like for example, a school wanted to do an interview with us. So um, we already have a community of people who have raised their hands and who we've had the opportunity to educate with our messages. Um, so now we can reach out to them. Uh, and see if they're interested in the opportunity, which makes you know the whole situation a win-win because they're able to have these opportunities to um, network or present themselves or to help attract talent for their teams. And at the same time, we can get our brand out there uh, as well. So the win-win is you're helping those uh, advocates or ambassadors grow their own brands, mm -hmm. and that helps to grow your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it does help them, I guess, individually attract talent for their teams, which is great. Um, I know that even just having 30 ambassadors can be uh, daunting. Uh, how logistically do you manage uh, the rest? I mean, clearly, you're not sending the same amount of content to 900 people as you are those 30 probably. Right. But, uh, right. you know, you still have to juggle what's the overlap. Um, you don't want everyone all sending out the same jobs, uh, you know, at the same time, every time you send one out and you want them to have some other content to share as well. And so I would imagine the content generation itself is quite a task. Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that um, we've done that. And I guess big picture globally, we do have um, in each country that has ambassadors and is uh, active in our program, they have someone who's leading the program, sort of like a point person for all the ambassadors to go to. So then we mm -hmm. have our own community of all these 
country coordinators. Um, and we also created a, a hub on our internal uh, internet. And so in that hub, we have several different resources and information that they can all access. And then uh, one of the things that we're using in the US to provide these ambassadors with different content is Hootsuite Amplified. And um, we started using that last year when we launched this um, program. And I think, you know, it was a great way in hindsight, we didn't know that everything would be shut down and there wouldn't be any more in-person events for these ambassadors to engage with. Right. And so we had planned to launch this program in, la in last year. And instead of, you know, putting it off another year, waiting till the pandemic ended, we just decided to continue with it and to, you know, make our focus around social media and virtual events for these ambassadors in the meantime. So, you know, instead of, um, giving them like networking cards or physical thing materials like we would have in the past we're helping them you know here's a, how you can uh, update your linkedin profile and add a nice um you know graphic to it or uh, here are some tips for giving virtual presentations if you're doing any virtual talks so um with amplify too i think it's important to you know, not expect everyone to be super engaged because each ambassador has their own activity and their own way of engaging and not everyone wants to be a social media uh, thought leader. So some people may uh, prefer to do mentoring or events with students. Um, so we try to provide, you know, something for every different ambassador activity that they would have. That's great. So. I know that tools like uh, Hootsuite Amplify don't run themselves. Uh, and so you still need a small army of, uh, you know, people doing a lot of work to, to make those things run. Uh, I'm a big fan of Hootsuite, everything they do. And I think I told you, I got to, uh, I got to go to their offices in Vancouver and uh, do some strategy and consulting work with them and train their team Many, many years ago, me and Laura Schmidt did that. And uh, they are a, a canine friendly office environment. Uh, and so when we were there, all the people for the training filed into a room and then uh, three or four dogs also trailed into the room and, and did the training with us, which was really fun. But so uh, for your purposes, using even Hootsuite Amplify, which is really pretty straightforward and easy to use, how many uh, admins do you have on that platform and how many people are there making sure everything's running and, and the content's getting in there and, you know, it's all going to the right places at the right time? Yeah, um, so we had two, so I'll say two. Mm -hmm. um, so we're pretty lean in that. Um, and currently we uh, have you know, a hundred seats on Amplify. So it's not a huge um, group of people that are using it, but it's still a, enough to make a really big impact. I think, you know, their combined reach of all their networks are over a million people. Sure. Uh, so it's cool to see the multiplier effect. And I think I saw recently on Hootsuite Amplify's website, they have a nice little calculator that you can put in your number of employees and then um, the uh, 
number of LinkedIn followers your company has, I think. And then it does some type of calculator where it says how many additional people you'll be able to reach through your uh, ambassadors. So if you're looking to get buy-in for that, that is a great tool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it still takes a lot to manage. I mean, I think we have been creative with um, copying different content that we're already using in other places and then just rewording it and rephrasing it and also encouraging our um, ambassadors to rephrase it as well in their own words. They don't do it all the time. Sometimes they just share it, but um, you know, that's the benefit of it. And it, the benefit to them is because they can um, grow their personal brand in a way that's easy and manageable for them to just get started if they're really not you know, a LinkedIn expert, or maybe they're looking to have some content mixed in with their own content as well. Um, so we found, you know, a lot of the things that are doing really well for us on Amplify are the big company news and big company announcements. Um, we are celebrating our 150 year anniversary this year as a company. Wow. It's really amazing. Um, so we have tons of activities going along with that. Like we have, um, you know, a whole visual approach and all these different post graphics that have been created, some really cool gifts, um, as well as like all of this historical content. We actually have someone in the company who is a historian, um, and that's his job is a continental historian. Uh, which sounds so cool. And they're publishing a book this year that uh, will be available on Amazon uh, for the company's history, wow. uh, about the company's history. So I think you just have to look and collaborate too with other, other areas um, and especially collaborating with the different businesses and uh, business areas in your organization, because um, they want to get that content out there. So if you let them know, hey, I have a group of engaged employees who want to share content, um, they'll gladly, you know, pass over content for you to share on those channels. Yeah, it seems like once you have some success and people start seeing, hey, wow, my network's growing, people are reaching out to me, and then, you know, other departments kind of understand what's happening and can see the organic engagement that happens. Um, marketing comes knocking, all the other departments come knocking and, and buy-in gets easier. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you have to decide where, you know, where does employer brand get worked in to, you know, the overall message, what departments, what programs. Uh, so, you know, talk a little bit about that. How have you managed that and, and where have you seen, uh, employer brand getting asked to pop up where you maybe didn't expect it. Yeah, I um, know uh, for years now, like as long as I've been in employer brand, I've been hearing over and over about getting buy-in and um, getting your stakeholders on board. And that's always seems to be a topic of conversation, but something to think about is when you do get uh, stakeholders and other groups on board, will you be able to support their needs? And um, one thing that I think uh, 
our head of employer brand globally did that was really smart is she set up our global team um, based on projects so that we can kind of divide and conquer. We still have the, you know, the specialized areas like digital or employer brand management, but um, by focusing on these different projects, it really helps. And these are projects where we're working with different teams. So maybe with HR on some projects or with our um, communication or corporate brand um, colleagues, like in the 150 year project. So I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I think we need to decide um, in which cases is it impacting our employer brand um, and then know how we're involved and also when to involve others. So I think at some point uh, everybody is sort of used to the program and uh, you know, employer brand, it's, it's companies realize that it's so drastically important and should be well integrated into the corporate brand uh, because I think consumers buy companies because of how they treat their people, uh, if you ask me, right? I think that brands get trusted because of, you know, the humans within the organization, not just because of the brand. And so, uh, you know, I feel that, it, you know, it should be a no brainer, but it isn't always. Did you have to do some tough selling at first to kind of uh, get these ideas going? Yes. Um, and I think we're still always do, you know, doing some selling, whether it's um, trying to get budget for a certain project or initiative, uh, because sometimes there's just only so much to go around, but, right. um, and you always need to fight for your project or what you believe in. Um, but I do think now there is that general understanding of how employer brand fits into the corporate brand and people are also starting to understand that it is becoming even more important to consumers. Um, another interesting thing too, you, you said, you know, it's, um, important to consumers when they're buying a product, but it's also, I guess, important to for investors and like for companies buying companies. Yeah. Um, I was listening to um, Bob Iger's masterclass and I read his book on um, about just his whole experience with Disney. And he talks about when uh, Disney went in to buy Pixar and at the time Steve Jobs was running Pixar and that was kind of the main cult reason that they bought the company was because of its culture and creativity mm -hmm. and it, it's interesting to think about if like maybe an employer brand or like a company's culture could even sell a company in that way or that increase its value so much so. Absolutely. I mean, look at Zappos, right? Great example. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Anna, uh, Amazon, for uh, making that an amazing thing uh, that it was, you know, already great and just got bigger. Um, so uh, you were also telling me that you've been using um, iSIM's video studio mm -hmm. to capture some 
stories and video of, uh, you know, your employees, how are you using that? Where are you using that? What's the experience like? Walk us through it. Yeah, so um, we were looking at it prior to the pandemic. And then in the pandemic, we were in a situation where we weren't um, able to reach certain uh, employees that didn't have email. And so we thought, well, we'll give it a shot and um, try it. Um, because initially we were attracted to it for the employer brand um, selling points and video job descriptions, but there's also so much you can do around um, your internal communication and internal employer brand. So um, we have started using it for video job descriptions and we'll be going live with uh, videos on our website soon. Uh, we've also been using it for social media. Uh, so that has been going well. It makes great social media content to have those short videos like you're always doing and um, you know showing how to edit. Um, it makes it easy for you to do that and have that content. And then um, there's also other things that could be done um, and so many opportunities with it. For example, we had an employee who recently won an award and we had the idea to have her manager do a video for her. And we shared that then on our social media and kind of was a nice surprise to her um, that she won this award that he nominated her for. So. I love it. That's my kind of story right there. And that's the type of good employer branding that we should all be thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's always a fun, uh, I won't even say a reward, but just a fun surprise when, you know, you feature an employee's story or photo or something um, on any of your social channels, you know, Instagram's great for that. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, they do appreciate it. When, when I first started doing uh, employer, employee advocacy, uh, we would send little branded swag to our employees for anniversaries and things like that and encourage them to use a hashtag and take a picture and post it online. If they were going to share with their friends, why not share with right. the world? Right. And, um, and they did right all over the world and it worked amazingly well, but every once in a while, we just take one of those and feature it on the main Instagram mm -hmm. uh, page and uh, they loved it. They just ate it up. And so I can imagine that you're getting some similar results. Yeah, definitely. People love it um, to see themselves or their colleagues on social media. So um, you make a good point with, you know, just how the simple act of sending them something and telling them what the hashtag was. And I think, you know, my approach to employer brand and employee advocacy in general is similar. Just you ha it has to be very simple because in order for to get um employees to do something it can't be too complicated and you do need to tell them what to do you need to ask so i think some people think oh if we create this hashtag or start using it maybe people will catch on and it may happen organically <laughs> and there needs to be like the organic component to it so it doesn't feel totally forced but you do need to remind people about it um, we have a lot of internal 
conferences at Continental and we had an internal communications conference where um, they put together a great agenda and had this really interesting guest speaker talking about the concept of nudging people. And so it was just the general psychological thing to um, make people, you know, choose a good decision. So he, he gave a lot of different examples of things, but one of them was, um, I think how he maybe worked with the, with Google and their employee cafeteria to help people to get better health, make better health decisions. They put up images around the cafeteria that, you know, had healthy foods. So, you know, they served a burger still at the cafe, but when you saw the picture of the salad, you bought the salad. And the same thing with like their drinks, they put the water at eye level instead of in like the sodas down below. So if you apply the same concept to advocacy and encourage people to do these little things and continuously encourage them over time, you'll start to see some results. Yeah, and it doesn't take much, right? If you give them the what's in it for me, right? This is going to help you uh, grow your network and we're going to feed you some content if you want. And you don't have to, but if you want to, we'd love to, you know, have you help us attract more great people to the organization like you. And just by giving them that little bit of empowerment to choose, but also blessing to, you know, be vocal uh, mm -hmm. and share, that's that's a big thing. And, and, you know, a lot of companies don't do that. And most employees aren't sure what they're supposed to do or should do. And so having a plan and, you know, activating it and campaigning about it uh, internally is a good idea. I mean, um, you know, you're right. A little bit of direction goes a long way. Yeah. We hear a lot like people saying they didn't realize they were allowed to post or they're yeah. unsure if they would post the wrong thing. Because of course, like any other company, we have a lot of confidential products or projects, things that people aren't allowed to post about. So it's our job then with this program to educate them on what, you know, how they can do it in a way that's safe and that helps, um, helps them and makes them look good and makes us look good. So definitely pointing out the win-win is important. Win-win indeed. Allie Brown, this has been a win for Inside Talent having you here today. Thank you so much. It's great to see you. Yeah, great to see you. And thanks for having me, Craig. Thank you for listening to Inside Talent. Learn more about the future of talent today at insidetalent.org, where you can sign up for regular updates. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.